It is Sunday morning. It's time for Mile High Magazine. This is Murphy Houston. Appreciate you listening each and every Sunday morning about this time. Whether you know it or not, I'm going to tell you that April is National Alcohol Awareness Month, which was designated back in 1987 with the aim of you know, raising awareness of one of the nation's biggest health issues. And today we're lucky enough to be joined by Dr. Jody Ryan, the Chief Medical Officer from Mental Health Center of Denver, to talk about this issue. And uh, he's given me permission to call him Jody, so I will. So, Jody, welcome to my Mile High Magazine. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you on. I know a lot about what you great work you guys do at Mental Health Center of Denver. And alcohol, well, it's one of them. And we've read over the past couple of years that alcohol sales have gone up considerably during the pandemic. What are we looking at here, Doc? I see a lot of high numbers. Of course, I'm, I'm a rookie, a neophyte, don't know the answer. You do. That's a big impact, isn't it? Um, yeah, it, it, absolutely. You know, the, the alcohol sales uh, over the pandemic increased by 3%, which may not seem like a lot, but it was the largest increase since 1968. And um, I'm sure that if you talked with um, family and friends over the pandemic, that, um, you know, you the, the flavor that you heard from people was that people were, in fact, drinking more and drinking more alone. And so that it makes sense why alcohol sales did spike. Well, why is that happening? Is it because... During the, the height of the pandemic, everybody was hunkered in, couldn't go anyplace, couldn't go to work, living in your basement practically. Is that the yeah. reason or is there other problems involved here? Um, no, I think that uh, it, it was the reason. Uh, you know, if I look back even with myself, right, like it was a stressful time. Like we did not know what was happening, what was going on in the world. And, and all of a sudden, you know, everybody was at home and you couldn't go out. And um, people did not know how this virus spread, and, and people were really anxious and worried. And, and for many people, right, and, and especially those who may have been abstinent from drinking, right, all of their resources dried up. Right. And so people were left um, alone, right, without supports, and uh, many people relapsed. And those that, um, you know, were more social drinkers were drinking more at home, and we know that when people drink at home, they tend to uh, pour larger amounts and, and drink more. Um, and uh, given the cost of alcohol is cheaper when you drink at home, people tended to, you know, drink more as a result. Well, and you know what else I read I thought kind of interesting, Doc, was the fact that a lot of people had these virtual gatherings with their friends for happy hour each and every day. Like, hey, it's 5 o'clock, let's get together and party a little bit. Did you right. read much about that? It seemed a, a little strange. Well, it, I guess it was a, a way for people to connect, right? And I think that that's what people were striving to do, was connect in any way, shape, or form. And it just made sense that since people's work had shifted to more towards video conferencing, right, that let's let's just meet friends and pretend we're at a bar and, and we'll, we'll be at home. But again, you know, if I can underscore the uh, being at home, uh, people tend to drink more when they're at home because you don't have that bartender or person measuring the amount of alcohol, and there's no the, the costs are less when you when you buy and bring home and drink. Absolutely. Plus, you're not driving. I wonder if that played in. You're you're at home. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're you're right. You're 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 in for the night, so to speak, right? Yeah. And um, the uh, and, and you know the uh, and that's that, that's actually the the silver lining is that people weren't drinking and driving. And because uh, because certainly, you know, with the uh, I think it was the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism last month, they published that 
there was a 25% increase in mortality related to alcohol, alcohol-related illnesses, and accidents, right? Wow. And that was for the first year of the pandemic. And, and many of those, especially young people, right, were from motor vehicle accidents. Boy, it's hard to think about that. It's, it's kind of tragic. And do we find yeah. that the alcohol use was up considerably more than maybe basic drugs themselves? Uh, unfortunately, no. You know, the, the overdose rate from uh, opiates also spiked. Um, and I think that in, in part people, um, their sources, right, their, the person that they would go to um, kind of got lost during the pandemic and they had to find new sources and new sources may not be trustworthy. And you, again, you don't have the supports keeping an eye on you to making sure that you're okay. And unfortunately, that led to a spike in opiate deaths as well. Wow, crazy. Well, let's let's look ahead a little bit from a couple of years ago or the last couple of years, and life is somewhat back to normal. What are we seeing now in terms of alcohol use? You know, it, uh, people are transitioning. I, I think that if, if you talk to many people, people have realized that their tolerance has gone up, meaning that they can drink amounts that before the pandemic they would have felt, and now they don't feel it because, again— they were drinking larger amounts over a, you know, the, the three years of the pandemic or two and a half years of the pandemic, and and tolerance ensued. So um, I, I think that you know, as people connect more, hopefully, um, you know, especially people that you're close to, right, that you start choosing to do activities that don't involve alcohol. Um, you know, if you go with a friend three times a week, what about? You know, just going out twice a week, but that third time, trying to do something else that's not alcohol-related. Well, absolutely. Plus, again, what you brought up earlier, Jody, was the fact that the cost. If you're going out to a bar three nights a week with friends, that isn't cheap. I agree. I totally agree. And, um, you know, especially with with, with inflation and uh, with, with rental increases and the cost of living in Denver, I totally agree with you. Yeah, it, it's not good. So it sounds like, pandemic or not, it's kind of a good time we re-examine our relationship with alcohol. Yes, and I like how you put that, because that's really the crux of it, right, is what is my relationship with alcohol, and and how do I use it, how does it help me, and and how does it get in the way with things that I want, right? So let's say if I've gained 15 or 20 pounds during the pandemic, you know, if I want to lose weight, maybe cutting back on the amount of alcohol I'm having will help me get there. Um, and maybe it'll help me go to the gym a bit more. Maybe I'll sleep better and I'll have more energy during the day. Um, I really do think that this is a, a really good opportunity to look at, again, my relationship with alcohol. Yeah, I think that's sometimes hard for somebody to admit that I I might have a problem, especially if they're hanging with the kind of people that do the same thing you're doing. If yes. is there's that mental break that well, if they're doing it, I'm doing it. They're my friends. I guess we're all okay. I don't know if that's good thinking or not. Is it? Well, well, it's you know what it. So, so that's why AA works so well, right? right? And you know, AA works well because you're surrounded by people that have the same goal as you, and are supporting you in your endeavors, right? So that you can have more confidence going to social events and not drinking. That being said, um, the um, yes, um, I surround myself with people who also drink, and and maybe it's uh, you know if you've got somebody that's close to you, right? Ask them, what do you think of my drinking? Hey, do you think that you know possibly I could cut back? Um, do you think that you know maybe I have a problem with alcohol? And pick somebody you trust. 
um, right. somebody in your social circles and just ask them and 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 um, ask them, uh, you know, permission if you can comment on their drinking. And maybe, you know, as friends, right, you can have a good conversation and decide what's uh, what's what's uh, best to do next. God, good, good point there. We're talking with uh, Dr. Jody Ryan, the chief medical officer for Mental Health Center of Denver about the issues with alcohol. And you kind of brought one up. We were just talking about that, Jody. When do you think somebody has a problem? I mean, how do you gauge that? About the amount they drink or how they handle it or what's the gauge? Yeah, you know, in, in, in psychiatry, right, we, we, we look at illness or the threshold for illness when it starts to impact people's work, relationships, uh, well-being. And I think that, you know, it's best to sort of like for the individual to think of themselves, right? Um, you can look at like soft signs, like do I have heartburn a lot? Is my blood pressure going up? When I go to the doctor, do they comment on my liver enzymes? You know, that's a sort of like a, a harder line. Um, or, you know what, again, you can talk to somebody that you are close to and you trust, right, and ask them, like, you know, when I drinking, when I drink, how does it impact us? Um, what, do, you, do you like me when I'm drinking? Or do you dislike things that I do when I'm drinking, right? And those are really important conversations to have, and again, uh, with somebody you trust so that you're able to hear everything that they say. Well, that's a good point. If you can find somebody that's willing to speak up to you, though, that's always a fear on the other end, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and you know, I have to say that even as a provider, right, I kind of like at times struggle with trying to find the right words, right, so that that person uh, is able to hear me and is able to reflect what I'm saying. And and usually I ask people permission, you know, may may we explore or may I talk to you about your drinking? And um, can I can I comment on some of the things that you've told me and, and make some connections? Well, I may ask you this question. I know you're the chief medical officer at Mental Health Center of Denver. Alcoholism and your mental health and how maybe things change. Is that a problem? Yes, absolutely. Because, you know, with again, I spoke to about tolerance earlier. Right. And right. people's tolerance has gone up. And when people's tolerance goes up, their intolerance for stress goes up. And so, you know, if people start to notice that they feel more stressed about everyday things, right? And, and, and I'm sure that I felt that way during the pandemic, and maybe you did too. But especially in the context of rising tolerance with alcohol, it's probably alcohol-related. And, um, again, that's a, a good thing for people to reflect around when they're deciding um, how much to cut back. Well, mental health seemed to be one of the biggest issues that came around because of the pandemic, and alcohol probably just fuels that. Um, yes, um, absolutely. Again, stress, uh, people losing right. their jobs, people losing their health care. And if I can make a shameless plug for community mental health, you know, if somebody loses their health insurance, we continue to treat them. Whereas, you know, in other aspects of the community, that's not the same. And, and people lose their provider, lose their supports. Um, even AA meetings, right, stopped for a period of time. And it was hard for people to connect um, over the video format. Well, let's get right down to the root of this problem, Doc. Uh, what do you suggest you do if you have a problem or you think you have a problem or if your mate's telling you, hey, we got a problem, we got to do something about it? What's the next step? Um, you know what? The next step, if you have insurance, call your insurance provider and ask them if they can help you with options. I think that that's always a good um, a good avenue to pursue. You can contact the Mental Health Center at Denver or your community mental health center and ask them about resources. Um, there's various hospitals that uh, in the Denver area that have really good outpatient treatment programs as well as inpatient treatment programs. 
And, you know, AA, you know, people forget, but AA actually, out of any of the modalities we have, it um, has the strongest data around helping people uh, achieve recovery and maintain recovery. Well, AA's been around a long time, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, since the 30s. Oh, my gosh. And it's still, as you just said, very, very effective. And it's free. And, and it's that, you free. Know, that's the other thing. It's yeah. free, and it, um, it actually say it, it's been demonstrated actually to save people health care costs over time. So that wow. speaks to actually the program working. Okay, you and I, uh, we just talked a couple of minutes ago about what if somebody in your life has a problem, you want to approach them, but you're nervous about doing it, how they're going to handle it, what it's going to do to your relationship. What kind of care can you offer them if they're in that situation? There's somebody that's got a drinking problem in their life and they want to do something about it. Um, You know what? You can help them explore resources. um, And you could even actually offer, do you want me to go to the first appointment with you? I'm happy to. Um, And um, is there anything that, you know, I can do around helping you, um, helping you achieve your goal? Because sometimes, right, our friends reinforce our drinking. And they may not be aware of it. Um, and, and so a good friend would say, well, instead of us going out every Friday night, you know, what? let's take up a new hobby together. Um, let's um, and that doesn't involve alcohol, because I really want to support you drinking less. And I think that this is a good opportunity for me to drink less, too, with you. That's a great plan. I like that idea. Team effort always works. When you're in it with somebody else, it seems to make the situation somewhat easier, does it not? Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, you know, that's why AA works, right? It's because it's a team effort and you're around people that have the same goals as you. Okay. So, Doc, before I let you go, do you have a website somebody might start by getting some information, some help? Yep. You know, the uh, the Mental Health Center or MHCE.org um, is uh, our website and we've got resources there. Um, the, um, oh, I'm, I'm trying to think offhand, uh, you know what, just a, a Googling will will tell you about resources in the Denver area as well as AA, you know. Um, sure. And, and I, you know, I want to say, add one other point, too, is, you know, absence may not be your goal, right? And, and maybe the goal is just cutting back. And, and that's that's really important. You know, just cutting back on the amount will actually result in um, health changes. Good idea. Nice way to end it. Dr. Jody Ryan, Chief Medical Officer for Mental Health Center of Denver. Thanks for giving us some time today. You brought out some good information, and let's hope that helps a lot that might be in the situation we've been talking about. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time, and um, this is a very important topic, so thank you. Yeah, you bet it's important. So uh, reach out for help, like the doctor just said. Hang on a minute. It's Mile High Magazine. I'm Murphy Houston. We'll be right back after this brief break. 